0: The following study is a Sunday morning lesson given by Pastor Brett Metter at Athey Creek Christian Fellowship. Why don't you grab your Bible and turn with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6 for today's lesson in the Scriptures. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, you know, some people say, well, what if I'm not an Athey Creeker? Well, if you're here with us right now watching, you're an Athe Creeker. Uh, welcome to the team. Uh, and one of the things we do is we go verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. Uh, that's kind of the way we roll here at Athey. And, um, and uh, even in crisis like this, uh, instead of doing a special series on the coronavirus, we're doing our Isaiah study just right where we were. And I find that these passages always um, meet us where we're at. Um, Where you're at in the Bible is where you're at in life. And I I think that there's a lesson here in Isaiah chapter 6 that to me is really important. And it's going to be perfectly applicable to the days we're living. So um, I'll start with a bit of a story. Uh, When I was uh, um, riding with a bunch of Aether Creek guys on our motocross, uh, we went to this one particular track that was known to be a sand trap, uh, track, uh, deep sand uh, and it had jumps and berms and like all motocross tracks, but it was deep sand. And that was kind of new to me. I was new to the sand. Uh, I always had more hard packed tracks and stuff. But uh, me and a few eighth the Creekers, we went over there and uh, this is quite a few years back now, but, um, but we got on that sand and we felt really like beginners, you know, on our dirt bikes. And a lot of us had ridden for a lot of years, but sand, you know, was kind of new well, this one guy came on the track, and he was amazing. He was incredible. Uh, it was it was awesome to ri- watch this guy who knew how to ride in the sand really well. And so I was trying to follow him, you know, to learn how to do it, you know. And and um, you know, sometimes if you follow someone who's really good at something, you can get better faster. Um, But I was following. But the problem is this guy, he he would rub it in that he was so much better than all of us. And um, we'd try to stay behind him. And there was this one huge tabletop jump in the middle of the track. And every time he'd just pin it and he'd hit this huge jump. And then he'd be up in the air. And then he'd turn around while he was in the air and just kind of look at me as I was trying to keep up with him. And you could almost hear him under his helmet laughing at me. uh, And it was horrible. And I thought, I'm not going to let that guy do that. And so I thought I'm gonna am I'm gonna catch him and I'm gonna pass him, and um, and you know all morning I was trying to figure it out and I was getting better. Uh, unfortunately, I have a very powerful dirt bike a KTM 505. The thing rips, and uh, so that was an advantage for me. But um, <laughs> but but all day long I was just trying to. Finally, as the day progressed, I was I was getting to where I could hang with them but I still just couldn't quite catch him. And every time we'd hit that jump, he'd turn around and look at me. And I was like, oh, what a jerk, you know? Well, as the day progressed, finally, I knew this was the lap because I, I'd figured out places I was a little faster than him and where I could catch him. And just before that big tabletop I, I, on the corner, I was able to get my front tire in front of his. And, uh, and I, was, I was leading the way right up to that big tabletop. And I thought, I'm going to do it. This is it. I'm going I'm to pass him. And I pinned it as hard as I could, hit the jump as hard as I knew how. And sure enough, I finally conquered that guy and I passed him ahead of him. And I think he was frustrated and all that, but it was wonderful. It felt great. Um, And that was a great victory for me that day. Although there's something that I left out of the story that I didn't tell you, to be honest. And that is the kid was eight years old. It wasn't a man. It was a guy, an eight-year-old kid on a he was on a, He was actually on a, KT, uh, a Kawasaki 80, um, you know, which is a little rocket. It's a little miniature rocket, but it was. It's a mini bike basically, and I was on a KTM 505, and and I, I probably shouldn't be that proud that I actually uh, passed an eight year old, um, but I did, and he didn't look at me that time, uh, so I was really happy about that. <laughs> well, well, the, the the moral to the story there is this that, you know, it's all about who you're comparing yourself to and who you're comparing yourself with um, when you consider your own personal gifts and failures and goods and bads. Um, and, and it's funny how you can convince yourself you're pretty amazing, but it's all about who you compare yourself with. And, and this is the trouble that Isaiah has, uh, that he finds himself kind of in that mode here in chapter 5 and chapter 6. And I'll give you a little bit of a, a preview. In chapter 5... Isaiah is going to give to the people of Israel six woes where he says to the Jews, woe unto you, woe unto you, woe unto you. Six times he says that. And the thing about it here is on Wednesday night, we'll actually see what woes he's going to be talking about. In fact, um, you know, he's going to talk about um, the six things were corrupt capitalism. He's going to, and we'll talk about that on Wednesday. He's going to talk about hedonism and he's going to talk about liberalism and relativism and uh, you know, intellectualism and alcoholism, all the isms, uh, he's gonna say, woe unto you, woe unto you over and over again. And he's, he's really coming down hard on the people because they were in fact kind of messed up people. They were people that didn't really know um, that they were totally walking contrary to God. So Isaiah says, woe unto you, woe unto you, woe unto you, six times. But then we get to chapter 6, and he changes his tune quite a bit. And instead of saying, woe unto you, suddenly he's saying, woe is me. Apparently he had a horse named Ismi. Uh No, just kidding. Sorry, that's bad. Uh, <laughs> woe is me. Uh, he, he's, he turns internally and says, I am messed up. What's the context of this? And what what makes Isaiah change from woeing everybody else to suddenly woeing himself? Let's take a look. It's Isaiah chapter six, verse one. And there it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and above it stood the seraphim, each one having six wings with Two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the doorpost of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Isaiah, then said I, Woe is me! For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of Hosts. Why did he realize he was a man that was undone, a man of unclean lips? Why did he say woes to woes me? He says it. He says, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of Hosts. It's all about who you're looking at. When you're standing there looking at the Jews saying to them, you guys are, you know, woe unto you, woe unto you, woe unto you. But then he looks and he sees the Lord high and lifted up. And he says, oh, woe is me. See, the better thing for you and I to do, rather than comparing ourselves one to another, hey, I'm better than you. Or I think I'm you know, smarter or more spiritual or more holy. No, Uh, bad comparison. Rather than holding ourselves up against one another, what do you look like in light of Jesus Christ? When you look at yourself in light of his greatness and his perfection, man, you start to say, woe is me, I am undone, I am a man of unclean lips. We'll talk about some of this more in detail uh, on Wednesday night. You know, we're gonna talk about what a seraphim is, the six-winged creature. Um, We'll talk about this heavenly scene of the Lord sitting upon his throne. And we'll look at this in more detail. But I'd like to consider three questions um, that I think are pertinent not only to this story but also pertinent for today. Um, and the first question that I'd like to ask is: Who are you comparing yourself with? Do you think you're a pretty amazing person? Because well, you read your Bible more than those people, or because you haven't killed anybody? At least I'm not like you know Adolf Hitler. Uh, at least I'm not you know a person who's horrible. And so we start to you know think of ourselves more highly than we should. One of the things of this world is to um, think of yourself as wonderful. And we, we've been through this campaign uh, for a lot of decades now where you're a good person. People like you. Um, you're smart enough. You're good enough. And, and, and you know, you, you, you're beautiful. And it doesn't matter how ugly you are. You're still beautiful. And we just talk ourselves into this, you know, self-esteem tizzy that is actually anti-biblical. It goes against God's word. Right? Self-esteem is important. Yeah, to lower it. Um, humanity's natural proclivity is to think about ourselves, to focus on ourselves and human uh you know culture says yeah it's all about yourself and to, you should have self-esteem the bible says that you and i are to esteem others better than ourselves man that's such a great thing to do is to to esteem others better than yourself that's what the lord would have us to do and and so isaiah when he looks at the lord he says hey uh, woe is me when he sees the Lord. Um, y- you know, it's an interesting thing because pride is something that creeps into human nature so quickly, so easily. It's the way the water naturally flows in our human nature is to be prideful and think of ourselves more highly than we should. Um, but it's funny how, you know, you can almost convince yourself you're, you're pretty good until you, you see yourself in others. It was John Flavel, that um, you know, pastor from England back in the 1600s who made this declaration. He said, They that know God will be humble, and they that know themselves cannot be proud. I think that's a good statement. You see, when you, when you compare yourself with, with Christ, rather than looking at all the other people around you, this is really good for us. It does two things one, it keeps you humble, two, it keeps it simple. Um, You know, the the simplicity is to know, you know, I'm I'm a man of unclean lips and I'm a a person who's undone, incomplete. I'm a person who's failed and made mistakes. And to remember that, when a man forgets to uh, remember his own failures and flaws, he starts to think of himself more highly than he should. And that's the thing. Isaiah's looking at himself in light of God sitting upon the throne and he says, woe is me. And so that's an important thing, uh, to keep that in perspective. Who do you compare yourself to? Um, And I would suggest keeping it the Lord, and it'll keep you humble, keeps things simple, keeps us with the right heart and the right attitude. So that's the first thing. Number one, who do you compare yourself to? Um, Number two, when do we see the Lord? Now, this is a big one. Isaiah says it was when he saw the Lord that when he saw him high and lifted up on his throne. Then he says, oh, woe is me. It was when he saw the Lord. When did Isaiah receive this powerful revelation that he's about to reveal to us? Um, It's when, when, when he saw the Lord. But when did he see the Lord? That's even more interesting. It says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up upon his throne. What's Uzziah have to do with it? Uh, What's the deal with Uzziah? Well, if you were with us in our study, you remember Uzziah was one of the kings during Isaiah's term as a prophet of Israel. And Uzziah was an amazing king. He was amazing to the nth degree. In fact, let's go back and review who this king Uzziah was. And you'll get why it's important to understand this and, and why it was that Isaiah finally sees the Lord after Uzziah dies. Let's turn there to Second Chronicles. Keep your finger here in Isaiah chapter 6 and go with me to Second Chronicles 26. And there we read about King Uzziah uh, and some of his exploits. Let's do a little review of that. It says here in Second Chronicles 26, verse 1, it says, Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father Amaziah, And what did he do? Well, verse two, he built Elot and restored it to Judah. After that, the king slept with his fathers. What's the first thing he did? He built. He builds a city, the city called Elot today, or Elat. It's it's a great little town. I've been there many times in Israel. It's in the very southern tip on the the um, you know the the uh, Red Sea there, and it's it's uh, you know just a few miles right. I mean the borders of. Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and Egypt are all right there within a mile, a few miles. And you can be out in a boat, and you can see all four of those countries. Uh, and it's just kind of an amazing place. But it's very tropical, uh, palm trees and beach, and it's just really kind of a neat place. And so as a 16-year-old kid, he, he gets uh, a lot and restores it to Judah and builds it. Um, so he's a city builder. By the time he's 16... Verse 3, 16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned 50 and 2 years. Man, that's a long, prosperous reign of 52 years of serving God um, and being the king over Israel. And listen to this, verse 4, it doesn't get much better than this. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. If you recall in our study of the kings, in First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, We learned that most of the kings of Israel and Judah were bad. They were just bad dudes. A lot of sinful, wacko kings. But Amaziah and Uzziah were a couple of the good ones. And Uzziah goes down as truly a great king um, because he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Great guy was King Uzziah. Um, And it goes on. um, And it says in verse 5, As long as he sought the Lord God, God made him to prosper. Verse six: He went forth and warred against the Philistines and broke down the wall of Gath. Remember the city of Gath where Goliath was from? Uzziah went down there and pounded that city. Militarily, there was, he, he was strong and powerful. Um, look at the end of verse 10. It says that um, he had vine dressers in the mountains in Mount Carmel, for he loved husbandry, so not only was he a warrior, but he liked to farm, and he had, you know probably vineyards uh, covering the hills of Mount Carmel. And on and on it goes, all these things. Look at verse 14 of chapter 26, 2 Chronicles. It says, And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the hosts shields and spears and helmets and herbergions and bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal, and his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. That's just the King James way of saying he was inventing new weapons militarily. And he got the smartest guys together and built these machines that would throw, well, not only like catapults that would throw large stones, but the idea here, if you look at the original language, he made these giant machines that shot huge arrows. Like giant, giant arrows would come flying at your city And that's probably how he broke down the walls of Gath with his uh, machines and all this. Man, he was an inventor. um, And he was a seeker of the Lord. And he was this young king who built cities and was a farmer and just did all this stuff. Now, here's the problem. When a guy's got it going on like Uzziah, what's the biggest possible problem? Um, You might get it, if you said it, pride. Pride. You know, when you start doing that good, as good as Uzziah, you start thinking, you know, I'm pretty amazing. Ha, I can do whatever I want. I'm, I'm successful at everything I do. And you forget that it was the Lord. You see, um, Uzziah, his one failure, his one downfall was at the end of his life. And let's read about that. It's right here. 2 Chronicles twenty six sixteen. It says, but when he was strong, when are you going to fail, by the way? When am I going to fail? It's when you're strong, when you're doing really, really good, when things are rosy. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up, that's pride, to his own destruction. Isn't that interesting? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That was sadly Uzziah's downfall. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Well, Azariah the priest went in after him with 80 priests of the Lord that were valiant men. In other words, these valiant, strong men that were priests, uh, sons of Aaron, they all come in, 80 of them, with the priest, you know, this Azariah, the priest. And they went against Uzziah the king and said unto him, it appertains not to thee, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron. They're consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous. And they thrust him out from thence. Yea, himself hasted also to go out because the Lord had smitten him with leprosy. And Uzziah the king was a leper until the day of his death and dwelt in a several house. The word several there is is isolated. He was quarantined. Anybody relate to this? (laughs) He was quarantined as a leper for the rest of his life in his house. For he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people in the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, first and last, did Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, write. So what's going on here? We've got this amazing great king who is a seeker of God, a builder of cool things, a farmer, a warrior, an inventor. Um, man, so much going on. And then he's lifted up with pride, says, I'm going to go in and worship God in my own way, the way I want to do it. Even though it was totally wrong. You see, there at the temple, if you recall, there was the outer courtyard, and there was the um, the general place where people would gather. But at the same time, we we see that um, you, you know, Uzziah went into the holy place, where the you know the table of showbread would be, the the golden lampstand, but also that altar of incense. And a king, anyone who is not a priest or a son of Aaron, had no business being in the the, the holy place. This king, thinking he was good enough to do it. Hey, I'm better than everybody. I seek the Lord. I'm a good person. So he did something that was totally against the Lord's plan and purpose for the people of Israel. And because of that, the Lord smote him with leprosy. Interesting. And then he died. Um, Sad end to a guy who reigned for 52 years in Israel before he died of leprosy and had to kind of go down in shame. Man, we got to remember those who are lifted up with pride, the Lord will take them and remind them of who they are, a leprous human. You know, it's interesting as we see Isaiah seeing the Lord on the day where um, Uzziah died, that's when he finally saw the Lord. I wonder if Uzziah actually had to get out of the way. I wonder if Uzziah was such a great king that the people of Israel, they were looking to him to be their savior. He's the one who invented all the weapons. He's the one who was their king in bringing them prosperity. It, it was almost like Uzziah had to die, this glorious king. He had to be taken out of the picture so that people, especially Isaiah, would see the Lord high and lifted up upon his throne. I wonder what the Uzziahs are in our lives. Um, I wonder what it is that eclipses the Lord. You know, um, I think the, that perhaps in our day... Um, there's so many things that can kind of get in in the way of the lord and and see that brings us to the to the you know the really the that second point of our study today, and that is not only number one you know who do you compare yourself to, but when do we see the Lord? We see the Lord, it says really like Isaiah, when Uzziah dies, we see the Lord first you know we 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 look at uh Uzziah, who's this great king and and all that but but he gets in the way. How is he getting in the way? Well, it's interesting, by the way, Uzziah, the reason what he did was so bad. Some of you say, well, big deal. He's just trying to pray and offer incense to the Lord. What's so big about that? Well, that's an important thing. Do you know, in the Bible, there, there, there would not be any person who would be all three, prophet, priest, and king. And the Bible was very specific. And the word you know, was given very clearly to the Jews. There's only one who would be prophet, priest, and king. And that would be the Messiah. He would do all three of those roles. King of kings, he would be a prophet of all prophets, and a priest of all priests. And and the problem is Uzziah is messing up that picture because he was a great king. But he had no business moving in the role of a priest. And that's what he was doing by going into that temple Um, You know, it's interesting when people do stuff religiously that might seem pious and might seem amazing. It's almost like the Lord is harder on some of those guys um, when they take it in their own way and do worship in their own way. It's almost like the Lord is more brutal uh, to those guys than perhaps uh, people that are out doing horrible things out on the street but he's messing up a, a big picture as the king is not supposed to operate as a priest. Only Jesus would do that. So Uzziah had to be taken out of the picture so that he wouldn't get in the way of the Lord of Lords. That's important. So, you know, as we look, as we look at this, it raises these questions. Who do you compare yourself to? Hopefully you don't compare yourself with each other because we can make ourselves look pretty good. When do we see the Lord? It's only when Uzziah died and, and Uzziah had to die. Before you know, before he could see the Lord, and that brings us to the final and the last point of today's study, and that is number three: Who are we looking to? Who is the Uzziah that is getting in the way of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ? There's many things that try to get in the way of Jesus. I think part of that, you know, Satan's tactic, is to have many you know antichrists or uh, against Christ. Things that. Sort of stand in opposition to or eclipse or cover Christ, and you know it's amazing. Even good things can get in the way. I mean, going to offer incense to the Lord—that's a good thing—but it was wrong for that to the king to go in there and offer that. What is the Uzziah that has to die? And I wonder if part of Uzziah died this last few weeks here in America, because like Uzziah, we Americans are successful. You know, we're all of those things, you know. You might even argue that we're seekers of God. You know, there's still a lot of people in America who seek after God. Um, You know, in America, we're inventors of weapons. We've invented some of the most horrific weapons in all of history. The nuclear bomb came from the United States in World War II. We invented weapons. Man, we're prosperous. We're the land, you know, from sea to shining sea, amber waves of grain. We're farmers. Uh, the heart of our country. Like all the things Uzziah was, America is. Um, you know, we're powerful. Um, people fear the United States, even as they feared. And, and you know, Uzziah had a name. All the things Uzziah was, America is. And yet now in in our moment of weakness, as we have this disease, I kind of wonder if, you know, maybe we find ourselves, you know, weakened to the point where we realize, woe is me. <laughs> maybe some of you guys are saying that literally, Wowzy wowsy, woo-woo, woe is me. Remember the cartoon character that used to say that? Um, maybe we're saying that as we're stuck in our houses with nothing to do. Um, did you see the the thing where um, there's the old guy sitting, telling his grandkid, "Yeah, back in 2020, we had the coronavirus, and we sat around and we exchanged memes on social media. <laughs> that's that's how we survived." You know, it's it's a funny season we find ourselves in, uh, where we're all kind of locked down and we feel like we're suffering, um, but we have this coronavirus, this this um, you know this uh, plague, if you would. Um, and it sort of reminds me of Uzziah. It's in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up on his throne. I wonder if maybe this is a moment for us. This time where Uzziah is not doing so well. You know, our nation, we don't know what to do. Isn't it amazing? I mean, this week, uh, everything changes so fast. Uh, this week, the United States passed um, all the other nations, including China and Italy, as far as the numbers of those infected with, you know, COVID-19, coronavirus. And, um, and you know, we're, we're the largest group now. You'd think with the United States, with all our modern technology and our medical help and all this, you'd think we would somehow be able to curtail this. But it, it's just once again showing that we are really not as smart as we think we are. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny how we, we like to talk like, you know, we're going to win and we've got this thing conquered and the human spirit's going to overwhelm this thing. And, you know, but the truth is God alone is the one who could save us. It's the Lord who gives us brains to think about how to fix the problems. And, um, you know, it's, it's amazing how during these times people will either get bitter or get better. And And I hope that you and I in this time, instead of freaking out or being upset, if we realize like Isaiah, man, maybe Uzziah had to die. Maybe, you know, were you putting your trust in the good old USA? Maybe the Uzziah in your life is Donald Trump. Maybe you're looking to Donald Trump to save us. Um, Maybe you're looking to um, your church. Oh man, I got to get my Athey Creek, you know, and and online. Hey, I'm glad we're here, but we're not your answer. Um, Pastor Brett's not your answer. Uh, you know, uh, even your spouse or your job or your paycheck or whatever it is that could be all good stuff. But could that be the thing that you've been putting your trust in, the Uzziah that has to die so that we might see the Lord high and lifted up upon his throne? That's what I I think the Lord might have us learn from this lesson today. Isaiah had to see his friend Uzziah die, the king, um, so that he could see the Lord high and lifted up. By the way, you know, when we're pride, prideful, you know, we always sing that song, we're proud to be an American. It's exactly kind of that pride that gets us into trouble, just like Uzziah was prideful and got him into trouble. Um, I've always thought it's funny um, when I really sit down and think about it, how it's odd that we get prideful about things we didn't do. We drive fancy cars and we're prideful about that. Look at my car. But actually, shouldn't the guy who made the car or the company that invented that car maybe get some of the credit? Um, there's an old saying from uh, St. Francis of Sales. He said this, it's an old quote. He says, some men become proud and insolent because they ride a fine horse or wear a feather in their hat or they're prideful because they're dressed in a fine suit of clothes. Who does not see the folly in this? If there be any glory in such things, the glory belongs to the horse, the bird and the tailor. <laughs> I think that's true. Uh, the horse, the bird, the feather and the cap Uh, and the tailor who made the suit not the guy who's wearing it in the same way you know um, we as americans get kind of puffed up and prideful and we get our eyes off the lord and we start thinking it's all about us it's in times of trouble where we actually start saying man we we need to look to the lord and it's amazing how people turn back to god during crisis like this so what does it take for us a pandemic where Uzziah's got to die, the the things that we once totally put our trust in, and we forgot that we were even trusting in it because it was so comfortable for us that we forgot that we were just cruise control. Everything's great. Look at our financial portfolio. Man, we got air conditioning. we got antibiotics. We've got, you know, uh, the comforts uh, of of home and our, our economy was booming and all this stuff. And then suddenly, boom, we see Uzziah die. Now we look to the Lord. That's the hope that that we have. By the way, Peter made this same mistake um, of having something that needed to kind of get out of the picture because it was eclipsing Jesus. Do you remember there in Mark chapter nine or Matthew chapter uh, seventeen, the the story of the transfiguration? It's an interesting story where Peter and James and John were taken up into a high mountain place apart and it says that, that they were there and they watched Jesus a little ways off and he turned bright white. He was glowing. And suddenly Moses and Elijah was right there with them. And and, and Peter, is, I love what it says there. Not knowing what to say, Peter said. <laughs> do you ever do that? Just say stuff when there's dead air and you don't know what you're saying, but you say something anyway. That's Peter. So not knowing what to say, Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Well, then the Lord speaks from the booming sky and says, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. And Peter, James, and John fell down like they were dead men, the Bible says. They're flat on their face. Peter's uh, little dissertation there got shortened. Lord, it's good for us to be here. Build temp- temples, you know, ten- tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for boom. Um, now, now, here's the mistake Peter was making. I believe that he was putting Jesus sort of on the same plane as Moses and Elijah. You, know, you got to understand, for a Jew in that day to see Moses, that'd be like us seeing Abraham Lincoln or, or um, you know, Teddy Roosevelt or, or George Washington, like one of the great heroes of our ancient country. You know, suddenly. You know, Peter sees Moses, who gave the law to the Jews, Elijah, the prophet that f- called fire down from heaven. Um, Peter's all pumped. Oh, it's, you know, I wonder. Uh, now, this might be reading into it, I'll admit, but I wonder if Peter's kind of like this Moses, Jesus, our good old buddy pal we've been hanging out with for the last three years. Elijah, wow. But, oh, yeah, Jesus, we'll build a temple for you, too. But Moses, and that's why I think God boomed from heaven and said, Peter, this is my beloved son not this is my son and Moses and Elijah. I think that there was a there was a problem where Jesus was eclipsed in Peter's mind by these two great heroes of Old Testament lore. You know, and so, so when he... Now, here's the thing that I love about that story. It says, and when they looked up, remember they fell down like dead men? It says, when they looked up, they saw no man save Jesus only. Man, I love that. How thankful am I for that? I'll tell you why, because can you imagine if Peter, James, and John came down from that mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, probably Mount Hermon there in Israel, and they came down the mountain, and can you imagine if Peter and James and John came down with Moses only? Some people would say, that'd be great, the giver of the law. That's what we need more of, the law, rules and regulations to get people to do good stuff. Do you know, we've already tried that one. The law kills. No one was ever saved by keeping the law. Moses would have been a sorry exchange for Jesus. What if they looked up and saw Elijah only? Yeah, that's what we need. We need Elijah. Elijah's the one who we look to for for rightness. You know, if, if, if people are worshiping other gods, we'll fry them just like Elijah did when he fried those prophets of Baal and killed them and slew them by that brook down by Mount Carmel. Yeah, we need Elijah, that power of God. Do you understand that Elijah would have been a sorry exchange for Jesus too? You see, Jesus, he was the fulfiller of the law. Elijah's power was pipsqueak compared to Jesus. Jesus is the one that was to be seen, not Elijah and Moses. And that's why they all went away. And that's why Jesus, when they looked up, they saw no man save Jesus only. You and I sort of have our things that get in the way, the Uzziah, the, e, the Moses, the Elijah, where we, we don't remember the Lord himself. And we're looking to everything else to save us, to be our strength, to be our thing that makes things right. And, and maybe during this season where we see Uzziah die, where the United States, we're not as, cont- as in control as we think we are. And we're kind of vulnerable as people. This is the time where perhaps our country will see the Lord high and lifted up on his throne. Maybe this is the time people will be more receptive to the gospel message to, to realize that they really aren't in control of themselves. We really aren't as secure as we think. And, and it makes us turn to the one who's high and lifted up, seated upon his throne. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up upon his throne. Hey, if that's you and you've never accepted Jesus or believed in Jesus, uh, man, I'd encourage you to accept the Lord and believe. The gospel is really clear and simple. It's you and I are sinners and the, the, the price you and I owe because of that sin is in all of the universe, we owe this this debt of death. That's what the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one righteous, not one. And the wages of sin is death, eternal death and hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. You know, and, and you almost forget all that. You, you forget the, the stuff I just said, when things are rosy and we got everything going on really good. But in times like this, when you feel vulnerable, you think, man, what happens if I die of the coronavirus? What happens when I die? What's going to happen? And this is where we need to look to Jesus, who's the author and the perfecter. We need to look to Jesus, who's our savior. And how are you saved? You accept the work that he did on the cross. You believe that it's true. You believe that Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and then rose from the grave, proving his claim of messiahship, that he's the one who saved the world, Jesus, raising up from the dead. And Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, that God raised him up from the dead. It says, you will be saved. Maybe we should let some of the Uzziahs die in our lives. You know, the comforts, the things that we think are saving us and really realize that it's only Jesus, Jesus only. Look up this morning and see Jesus only. Not Uzziah, not Moses or Elijah, just Jesus. He's the answer for the world today. Um, Maybe you're an old timer Christian And your love for Christ has grown cold because of the Uzziahs. Maybe maybe you thought you were a pretty good person and things are good. And then in this coronavirus, you kind of realize your own frailty. And maybe you're like Isaiah, where it's not that you need to be saved as much as you need to realize, man, I need to get my eyes back on Jesus. Maybe I was more into myself, my career, uh, my hobbies or whatever, Maybe those Uzziahs have to die as well, that you might see the Lord more clearly, that Jesus becomes more of a reality to you today than perhaps even he was three weeks ago. That's my prayer for all of you, for us today, is that we get closer to Jesus, that the Uzziahs die, and that we see the Lord high and lifted up on his throne. Let's pray together. And Lord, we are thankful that your word reminds us of all these things. Lord, we, we can relate to Isaiah as he saw the injustice and the sin and the junk in his people and in his nation and he's declaring the woes. We, we, we feel that. But when he saw himself in light of you, Lord, he saw that he was a man of unclean lips and he was undone. And Lord, we too, we see that when we compare ourselves um, to you. You're so perfect in all your ways. There's nothing in you that's lacking. And that's why they say, holy, holy, holy. Um, Lord, that that wholeness, that lacking for nothing, that's who you are. So we look to you today. And I pray during this pandemic, this crisis that we're currently going through, Lord, I pray that they would see you more clearly high and lifted up on your throne. Lord, save the unsaved. I pray that you'd use my brothers and sisters who are tuning in to this service that they, they would be more bold and, and that they would maybe invite their neighbors to watch Bible teaching online or to, to, um, to, to point people in the right direction to, to your son. So rather than just sit, sitting around trading memes and complaining about quarantine, Lord, I pray that we'd be a people that would point people to you, that you'd be honored, that you'd be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. We encourage you to take advantage of our media ministry by visiting us at com anytime. There we have all of Pastor Brett's Bible studies available as a free download.